2: Good morning to you. I know it's a Monday, but it can still be a good morning. Wink wink, nod nod. Actually, I can't wink, but I can nod. Just nod along with me. It can still be a good morning. We get to talk football for the next hour, football and a little bit of baseball, so that will make it a good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us as you're waking up on your Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, that it was whatever you needed it to be to give you some joy and some rest, maybe some fun in your life. My family showed up. They don't care that it's October. (laughs) No, I'm glad they did. A pumpkin patch, some apple cider donuts, some hot apple cider, a five-mile hike with the two peaks uh, that we scaled on Saturday in what were gorgeous peak colors Reds, oranges, yellows, an absolutely pristine blue sky. So it was good. Uh, And then back to work, obviously, with baseball and football and every other matter of sport. Taking place in October. Uh, the family left early on Sunday morning because they understand what happens in my home on Sundays and that I am not good company. So they skedaddled on Sunday morning, but it was great to have them. There are a few photos up on Twitter, A Law Radio. I haven't had a chance to put up the photo of the alpaca or the pumpkin patch or the pretty pictures from hiking yet on Facebook, but I will, I promise. After Hours, AmyLawrence.com is our podcast too. So if you missed anything, we we will, by the time the show is over, have gone over every single game on Sunday. Plus, the matchup to the World Series is set. And so we're going to start there. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, we've got some goodies up for you, not just photos. I asked you actually a question that it's it's not meant to be rhetorical. It's actually a legit question because I can't decide, and I think maybe you could help me. What's stranger, the Jets with the same number of wins as the Bills, Bills are off this week, preparing for that beat down of the Packers next week, or that the Seahawks are alone in first place in the NFC West? In fact, they're the only team above 500 in the NFC West where the other three squads were in the playoffs last year, two of them ending up in the NFC Championship. Maybe it's something else. Maybe the Bucs and Packers both below 500. Maybe it's the Titans starting out an 0-2 hole and now rattling off four wins in a row. They look tapless. People were talking about Malik Willis, who actually did get into the game yesterday, but not because Ryan Tannehill was benched. Is it the NFC East turning into a beast? No longer the least. I can't even possibly work yeast into that conversation, so I'm not even going to try. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a Monday morning. It's been a crazy now 15-plus hours of football and other stuff, so forgive my really awful sense of humor and the fact that I I – Amuse myself. So on Twitter, A Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, you can answer that question. Plus, we've got our new Monday poll up. Miserable and mortified on a Monday. We have given you four candidates. We always allow you to write in your own and we take them under consideration. There's another baseball team in our Monday mortification poll. Why? Well, because just like the Dodgers with 111 regular season wins, but no World Series appearance, the Yankees put together a season that admittedly fell short of the pace that they were on in the first half. But after everything that went into this year, all the attention on Aaron Judge, his American League home run chase, the work they tried to do with the trade deadline to get this team ready to end the World Series drought, ultimately the team that flew under the radar that had the best record in the American league. That is probably a team that still draws the ire of many baseball fans around the country, but is not the same team as the one that partially cheated its way to a world series in 17. Those Houston Astros, there's no ignoring them. There's no pretending like they aren't good Or thinking if we don't pay attention to them, they'll go away. No, they are strong. And they are flexing their muscles. And do you know at this point, they still have not lost a game in the playoffs. The Houston Astros had an answer for everything the Yankees tried in this series. Brief, short, as it was. But even in... Those last moments where the Yankees are fighting because they're on life support. So we're seeing the best of what they have to bring. They take a 3-0 lead. The Astros answer right back. Jeremy Pena, the rookie, with a three-run home run. And they get what they need to go in front. The Yankees battle back. They take the lead in the sixth. I can't even imagine where the Yankees would be if they didn't have Harrison Bader in this postseason. And even after the Yankees take the lead in the sixth on another Bader playoff home run, the Astros waste no time in responding.
3: The first pitch to Jordan. It's a ground ball through the right side. That's a base hit. Altuve around third. He's going to score. It's a tie ball game. Alvarez comes through again. Two and two to Bregman. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive to right center field. That's a base hit for Bregman. The Astros take a lead six to five on the bolt from Alex.
2: That's Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. It's disheartening, right? If you're the Yankees, everything you do, the Astros do it better and they do it more often. And it happened through the regular season in seven games in which the Astros were five and two and the Yankees never let a full inning. They won a pair of those games in walk-offs, but they were also no hit for a game and three quarters. Everything the Yankees tried to do this year on into the postseason, the Astros just do it better. It's their nemesis. I said this earlier. It's like the Houston Rockets against the Golden State Warriors over this last stretch where the Warriors have dominated. Or you could say the Cleveland Cavaliers, though obviously Cleveland did win its one title. I could go on and on. With a number of teams. That could be so much better if. That other big bad wasn't also playing and winning at the same time. This is the third time since 2016. The Astros have eliminated the Yankees from the postseason. But this one. Most humiliating. And I gotta say. Poetic. Now I would have been thrilled for Aaron Judge. If he had taken this final at bat of the ninth inning at Yankee Stadium and turned it into this massive shot, a no-doubter that tied the game and sent us into extras. But you got to admit, it's a little bit poetic or ironic, depending upon your perspective, that the Astros essentially got very little attention in the second half. All eyes on the shiny objects that were Aaron Judge's home runs. And he deserves all of that to take nothing away from Aaron Judge. He had a phenomenal campaign, and he earned himself a truckload, maybe multiple truckloads of money. But to have him as the one in the box as the Yankee season is ending, well, that's a little bit ironic.
3: They want you to judge. Brown ball, weekly hit. Presley has it. Jobs part of the way the first. Underhand to Yuli inside. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the brooms in the Bronx and they're headed back to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. Your 2022 American League champions, Houston Astros.
1: This is our second year in a row and, uh, it's hard to do. It's a long road to get here. Uh, there's a lot that happens in the months, you know, to get here from, from spring training and, uh. It means that we persevered and, uh, and we stayed together.
2: As for Dusty Baker, I think that when fans realize, or I hope they realize, that this Astros team is not the same team as 2017, there are a few characters still there. Alex Bregman still making a whole lot of noise in the playoffs. He's still all kinds of heart and fire. Yes, Justin Verlander. Yes, Jose Altuve. There's a few guys that are still there. Dusty Baker has kept them a winner, and he's done it his way. And there's no opening that Dusty Baker gives you to point to cheating or cutting corners. That's not Dusty. There are very few people in baseball who are as respected as him. And I say, very few people in baseball that deserve a ring more than this lifer Dusty Baker. I
1: stay hungry. And, uh, you know, people, some people, most people are rooting for us, some people are rooting against us, doesn't matter. That <laughs> motivates you. Uh, either way, there's a lot of positive thoughts coming our way. There's a ton of positive thoughts and, and, and spiritual togetherness in, in the city of Houston.
2: So you take that and you build on it. The Houston Astros into their second straight World Series, fourth time in six years. Will this be Dusty Baker's first title as a manager? It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Aaron Judge in the box there as the season comes to an end. Why did the Yankees lose the series in a sweep?
4: They played better than us. You know, it's simple as it is. You know, they came up with the big hits. Um, pitching staff did their job. You know, played great defense. And you know, that's what it really
5: kind of comes down to. We're still probably right up there towards the top. Um, Ew. You know, but this was... Uh, this was uh yeah, this was I mean, they beat us in every they beat us in every facet of the way.
4: It definitely sucks, but it's important to um, you know, take every every ounce of positives from, from the season um and, and carry it into uh the off season and uh you know the quest continues for a world championship.
2: First Aaron Judge, then Garrett Cole, who is bit at a loss for words and then Harrison Bader who as I say uh, was really the only reason why the Yankees ever had even a remote shot in this postseason as for judge he is a free agent he said he's going to test free agency I would imagine the Yankees offer him a fat contract he's earned it a triple crown candidate 62 home runs yada 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 did he think that potentially this could be his last home game at Yankee Stadium no not
4: at all i try to go out there and do my job and you know help this team win and um i really didn't i really didn't think it was what about after it was game. over uh, it, it happened so quick you don't really you know have time to soak much in
5: you know as far as what the future holds between the negotiations um yeah. you know i'll just be a supportive friend and and reiterate you know everything that he means to us and and you know and, and what and 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 the support and and the talent and um the type of player that he is is just so special um so he he deserves to kind of enjoy this courting process and um and he deserves everything that's coming for him
2: Garrett Cole just went through this process a few years ago himself and certainly now the Aaron Judge sweepstakes, if you will, will be one of the biggest stories of the offseason, but not before a World Series champion is crowned. So the Astros, they're the big bads, 50 games above 500, have not lost yet in October They will take on the very last team to get into the playoff field, but a team that has got all kinds of spunk and fire and energy and sense of urgency, and boy, are they on a hot streak.
3: Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. And it is gone. Yes. Yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Suarez kicks. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball popped up. Shadow right. Segura going out. Castellanos coming on. Castellanos has it. And the Phillies have the National League Championship. Are
6: the 2022 NL champs we went through a lot of things this year a lot of unscripted, a lot of growing um, you know that you just can't say enough about this group we're, we're playing together as a team you know it's it's not about any anything else except us and trying to get a win at the end of the day We never give up, even when we get down, we we put together good at bats. Um, There's just so much heart on this team and so much belief in ourselves. Uh, The sky's the limit, we need to get four more wins.
2: Kyle Schwarber first on Fox and then JT Real Muto. This is not surprising, if you ask the Phillies. Uh Reese Hoskins had a third inning home run, but the big blast, maybe the biggest of his career, Bryce Harper's go-ahead home run in the eighth inning when his team was down three to two. And that becomes the final stretch of offense. Uh, Phenomenal, not only to see him rise to the occasion. Remember the Phillies were a losing team earlier in the year, and then he was gone for months. Uh, They obviously had to change managers. They had to dig themselves out of a hole. All of that made them the team that they are and Bryce Harper getting hot at the right time. Uh, And he gives those Phillies fans a ton of credit for everything they do as Fans who show up and don't just react to what they're seeing, but propel their team forward. They did it against the Braves in what was pandemonium last weekend. And now as the Phillies eliminate uh, the Padres.
6: You know, they, they just want you to work hard. They want you to play hard. They want you to be, you know, who you are. No excuses. Doesn't, they don't care if you're hurt or if you're not feeling good or if you didn't sleep the night before. or You know, they, they don't care because they pay their hard-earned dollar to get to the ballpark every day for us. And they're doing it right now, you know, for us during the, during the playoffs. And they just want you to work hard. They don't care. They just want you to grind for them. They want you to go out there and play the best baseball you can no matter what. And I loved walking in as an opponent opposing player knowing that I was going to get absolutely blasted by these fans (laughs) and it was what it was and I loved it and it it made me want to come here and play because I knew how much they cared. I knew how much they, they love their players and how much passion, how much drive they all have, you know, and everybody talks about, you know, the blue collarness of of this city and the fight that they have and it just rubs off on all of us. I've said it multiple times. You know, we have 46,000 people in the stadium. It's 46,026 because we're all in this together, no matter what, where they're at, who they are, where they come from. If you've got Phillies across your chest and you're a fan, you're part of our team. You're part of our organization, and you fight with us each day.
2: Bryce Harper is now officially a Philly. So first World Series appearance since 2009, but they were the last team into the field this was a phenomenal NLCS, right? Because it was two wild cards. It was two very unlikely teams that survived. And while the Phillies ended up eliminating the Padres four games to one, using that incredible crowd, their hot bats, their pitching, of course, uh, the, the Padres have nothing to hang their heads about because they were a team that also made major changes at the deadline and were 20 games back of the Dodgers and were the second to last team to get into the postseason.
6: People didn't expect us to be here and, you know, here we were, you know, obviously we lost, but, you know, we were in the championship series and, you know, fighting for, for a pennant, so, um, you know, overall it was just a, you know, a great year for us. It's fun to play a team like that. You want it that way. And I'd say we wanted it to, the, to, to no end today. We wanted it as bad as anybody. It didn't work out, but that want and that desire is going to take us far places.
2: First, Manny Machado, and man, uh, he represents not just the leadership, but the heart of this team, and he's one of the guys that the Padres are committed to long-term. Think about it. Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, who at some point will return. What about the contract they gave Joe Musgrove, a San Diego native who wants to be there so badly? And then you hear Austin Nola, who is the older brother of Aaron Nola, who is now headed to the World Series. Yeah, it stings. But he'll be able to cheer for his brother. They clearly have a relationship that's built on affection and pride for one another. So it's Phillies versus Astros, just like you all drew it up in the spring training months. Well, we didn't really have months of spring training, right, because we had the lockout. Man, that feels like forever and a day ago. We're going to shift, though. We have no time to be nostalgic. Actually, we have plenty of time to be nostalgic because the World Series doesn't start until Friday. Uh, so we're going to shift our attention. Sunday Night Football, Tua, back for the Dolphins as they host the Steelers. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You can find our poll up, our misery poll. I know, it's kind of perfect for Halloween, actually. Uh, on Twitter, a law radio on our Facebook page.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: We're glad to have you with us on this Monday here on CBS Sports Radio.
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
1: goes in motion to the right, it to Tua, back to pass, looking, steps up in the pocket, moving left, swings it out left side, caught Mostert down the sideline, into the end zone, touchdown Dolphins. Tonga Loa able to flip it out to Mostert on the left sideline, and he walks in untouched.
3: Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence.
2: Welcome back to Tua Tango Valoa. Ryan Radke with the call on Westwood One. In fact, the offense for the Dolphins started out hot against the Steelers. 13 points on the first three drives, and Raheem Mostert hauls in the eight-yard touchdown reception. But it dwindled from there. And honestly, that's been the Dolphins' MO. Uh, Miami is able to get a field goal before half. It's 16-10 at the break. That never changes through the rest of the game. In fact, zero points in the second half between the Steelers and the Dolphins. So if you went to bed at halftime thinking, oh, no, I'll have to catch up with the rest tomorrow. Well, you didn't miss a whole lot except for a brilliant defensive performance by the Miami Dolphins.
1: Claypool wide to the right, Johnson in the slot, shotgun snap, Pickett back to pass, looks, fires on the right side, intercepted! Back to the 30, near sideline, 40, 45, up to the 50, Javon Holland is knocked out of bounds! The second-year man out of Oregon makes the pick, and the Dolphins take over with 2.57 to go. A big-time play made by Holland and the Dolphins' D.
3: Pickett out of the shotgun, back to throw, looking, looking, rolling. Looking left, throws it downfield. It's intercepted by Igben Agony. Did he get his feet down? Oh They're going to say gosh. no. They're going to say no. Now it's the other official coming in to say, I did. He did get him. They're having a the conversation. Either way,
1: Iggy just made a heck of a play. It will be. If this is an interception, it stays. One, two. Oh, He's he in. He got him down. He's in. He's he in. got him down. He
3: is in, Joe, without question.
1: No, Igben just made his biggest play.
2: It was huge, and it was acrobatic, and there's a little toe-tap swag in there as well. It was very impressive, and I do love to say his name, Noah Igbenogany. Uh First, Ryan Radke on Westwood 1 with the second Kenny Pickett interception, and then the final interception that was on the goal line, longest drive of the second half for the Steelers, but they could not capitalize. And so we get a 16-10 to win for the Dolphins. It's their first victory in a month. Ultimately, though, the big news is Tua tango back on the field, smiling 261 yards, a touchdown in there as well, and seemingly unscathed once the game was done.
6: It felt good. felt good running out
0: the tunnel. Uh, the atmosphere was great. had a lot of support from the fans, and just being
5: able to be out there with my teammates, it was, it was awesome. If he wasn't so prepared and um, hadn't, hadn't put himself... Um, in the position of playing quarterback when he was out he wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to have any sort of success like that. Well, it's the defensive battle the way that game uh, developed
3: into man it's about you know who catches their interception opportunities and who doesn't um, and, and that's just kind of the lens in which I see it you know the dolphins caught theirs um, and we didn't catch ours and that's probably the difference in the game
2: Kenny Pickett may very well be a rookie, and he missed the second half of last week. He cleared through concussion protocol. He started great. He's got a lot of energy. He does do a lot of things well, but the interceptions are on him too. Rookies giveth, and rookies taketh away. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Mike Tomlin and then Mike McDaniel. Before that, if you missed my conversation with Dave Hyde, who covered the game and covers the Dolphins for the South Florida Sun-Sentinel. Really interesting insight on why the Dolphins rack up a ton of yards but don't often use those opportunities to get into the end zone. Also, it was the 50th anniversary of the 1972 Dolphins, the team that was perfect, that won the Super Bowl, those that are still alive were there in South Florida last night to be honored on their 50th anniversary. Uh, so hope that you'll check out that conversation with Dave from earlier in the show, after hours, amylawrence.com. Now, the Steelers have fallen to 2-5 and five in the NFC. NFC, sorry. The, it's been a long day and night in the AFC North. And they have the same record as the Browns, who we will get to. Browns and Ravens were playing on Sunday as well. At the top of the division, well, Baltimore, and then the Cincinnati Bengals, who are starting to look more and more like that team that started firing the ball all over the field on its way to the Super Bowl last winter. Burrow in the gun, Mixon to his right. Fakes to Joe Mixon. Burrow throwing deep down
0: the middle of the field. Tyler Boyd over the shoulder, catch at the 16, and he streaks into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals as Joe Burrow floats a perfect ball down the middle of the field. 60 yards for a touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Burrow catches the shotgun snap. He's back to throw. He's going to throw it high and deep for Chase. Jamal oh. has the ball. Oh. It is a touchdown oh, as man. he knocks over the pylon <laughs> and holds on to the ball. Three drives, oh. three touchdowns for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Burrow throws toward the left side. Oh. Back shoulder throw. Chase makes the oh. catch. Cuts See it the of the field. Bye-bye. And the chase Woo. of Chase is unsuccessful. A 41-yard touchdown. The Bengals'
2: fourth TD in four first-half drive. Dan Horton and Dave Lapham, two of our favorites. They are fantastic. They are Bengals homers, and they should be. So Joe Burrow is chucking the ball up and down the field. In the first half alone, get this. There were entire games in which the quarterbacks combined didn't have 345 yards of offense, but he had 345 yards in the first half. Cincinnati goes into the end zone on its first four drives. He's got long chunk plays to Tyler Boyd, to Jamar Chase, against the Bengals, or against the Falcons. And actually, this is the Falcons team that racked up a ton of points on the Niners last week. The offense, 537 yards total to just 214. So the Bengals team that we saw on Sunday, more and more dangerous. And for Joe Burrow, uh, he said it really was all about what they saw on film during the week, actually, and that they recognized there were opportunities for them to chuck and duck.
6: We saw a lot of spots on, on film that we could take advantage of, and you know we jumped out early on them. So then... Uh, They ended up putting an an extra defensive lineman in the game to try to get some pressure. Um, And, you know, I thought the offensive line, like I said, did a great job with that, handling that. And so we spread them out and let our guys go make plays.
2: So he has 500 yards of total offense, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. But now that the Bengals are at four and three, seemingly right at the ship, the offensive line is holding its own a little better is this the best version of themselves <laughs> that the Bengals have shown us in 2022
6: I would say that you know I'm feeling comfortable you know we're getting the timing down you know we're we're starting to find a rhythm as an offense and then the defense is going to continue to do what the defense does so I think we're finding our stride
2: All right, so you've got the Bengals and the Ravens on top of the AFC North and a little bit of separation there to the Browns and the Steelers. We'll talk about that AFC North battle in Baltimore after the update. In addition, the shocker of the day has to be the Panthers getting their first win uh, in the Steve Wilkes era against Tom Brady's Buccaneers, who still cannot find the end zone. And while we're talking about teams that are in a rhythm and look more and more like the 2022 version – how about the Kansas City Chiefs in the Bay Area for Christian McCaffrey's debut? A lot to cram in before the top of the hour. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. We've got polls and such. Also on our Facebook page. You okay.
7: Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Waste the weekend or do something a little more
0: epic.
7: And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
8: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent up to 45 off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply if your day sounds like we need the report asap you deserve Madella. if you've persevered through You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. two more. Tour. You deserve this ice cold reward. Madela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. the backfield. He'll get the carry left side. He's got a hole. He's going to walk in. Touchdown Ravens! The boss is back in the end zone, and the Ravens have taken the lead. Jackson under center. He'll give it to Gus Edwards. Edwards looks to the left, picks his way into a pile, converges. Touchdown Ravens! And the Ravens extend their lead with a shade more than seven and a half minutes left to play in the third quarter. It's a football feeding frenzy. After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: Baltimore and Cleveland, not quite the year that the Ravens were hoping for to start. Remember, they've had a real... Tough time hanging on to any type of double-figure lead. That's almost uh, the death trap for them. Well, they gave the Browns a taste of what they've been going through. In fact, it was a 10-point first quarter for Cleveland. Nick Chubb, it was like Kevin Stefanski saw the light. Let's run Nick Chubb because the Ravens aren't going to be able to compete against him. They're not going to be able to stop him. Except for whatever reason, that's not the plan early and often. Here's what I say about the Cleveland Browns, and then we'll talk about this game. They should be handing the ball off to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt no fewer than 30 times per game. Between the two of them, they should have no fewer than 30 carries. Uh, Maybe they should have 40. That's your best option to win. It's your best option to control the ball, to keep it away from the other team, but it's your best formula for winning. You're damn good. When you have the ball in the hands of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But for some reason, that's not what we're seeing in this offense. I get it. Teams try to stop that. But it's not like the Ravens were that successful doing it. And still, Chubb and Hunt, only 21 total carries. A little bit too cutesy with the Cleveland Browns offense. Ravens, meanwhile, welcome back Gus Edwards, and he gave them a shot in the arm. First touchdowns in his return from major knee injury going back to September of 2021. The Ravens defense is able to get to Jacoby Reset, so the one-two punch in them rallying from that early deficit. They score 20 unanswered points, but because it's the AFC North, the game is still hanging in the balance. So Cleveland gets a 75-yard touchdown drive on the air. On the air. (laughs) In the air. Through the air. On the ground. All of those things. It's been a long day. I already told you that, right? But early in the fourth quarter, they're able to get Kareem Hunt into the end zone. They're still alive. Justice Hill fumbles the ball, so they get it back with about three minutes to go. Now, They initially have a touchdown wiped out on offensive pass interference. So Amari catches the ball in the end zone. They think it's a TD, but it's wiped out on offensive pass interference. So instead, they now have an opportunity for a field goal. If this isn't the Browns, I don't know what is. They false start on their first field goal attempt. That's not winning football. So offensive pass interference, whatever, subjective call, you can agree or not agree. But a full start on a field goal to back up your rookie kicker and make it a 60-yarder instead of 55 is just wrong.
3: Cade York is still out there. He has the leg strength. We watched him kick in pregame, and he was hitting from 63 yards. Wow. He has the leg strength. They're going to give him a little less distance. This will be a... 60-yard field goal try to move. The holder's going to move up a little bit closer. Seven yards behind the center. It's usually an eight-yard distance. 60-yard field goal try for rookie Cade York to tie the game. Snap is down. Kick is blocked. It is blocked. The ball will fall with a
2: 10, and it will be down there. Ultimately, it might have been blocked from 55. But the fact that you false started... <laughs> On a field goal try? In your attempt to tie a division opponent is just, it's just, it's only believable if you're a handful of teams in the NFL and one of those is Cleveland. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Lamar has 179 total yards, but really this was about... Not just the ball control, the 160 yards rushing, but also the fact that they were able to score 20 unanswered points and then ultimately fight off the Browns there in the end when it got tight and close. I'd rather not be close for we'll be around here biting our
1: nails at the end of the game, but um, I feel like it just builds momentum. You know, especially we got this quick turnaround Thursday night um, playing against a tough um, team. Uh, We just got to keep stacking them. He's acting, hopefully, these games don't be so close, coming down to nail
6: biters. Really, a team win. That's about the best way I can sum it up. A team win and uh, a team that finished the game in the fourth quarter under difficult circumstances, you know, and the idea that you can play the play within the play and and, uh, and, and focus on what you've got to do uh, within the play, not within the situation or the circumstance. The circumstance really doesn't matter. What matters is the play call and, and, and doing your job. And I thought our guys did a good job of that today.
2: So you hear Lamar Jackson, I'd rather them not be that close, but actually these are the types of wins that build confidence and also help you fight through adversity. And then John Harbaugh, who's pretty much seen it all in the NFL, as the Ravens are 4-3, and tied with the Bengals atop the AFC North. Meanwhile, you've got the Browns who fall into the tie with the Steelers. So Browns and Steelers together again, but man, this is getting frustrating for Stavansky.
5: Really disappointing and frustrating you, you play these games and, and you know that they're going to be close. Games in the NFL are close, games in our division are close, uh, but you got to find a way to win, uh, find a way to win. And we didn't do it today. Um, and the guys, you know, you work. Your, they work their uh, tail off uh, during the week to get out there and, and play hard and you don't come away with a victory, so it's just it's frustrating.
3: A lot of guys came out and fought. Um which we expected our guys to because of the the men that's in that room. Um, And yeah, we came up short, obviously still those plays here and there. Uh, But definitely thought we had a chance at the end for sure.
2: The Cleveland Browns are stuck right now. They're stuck in neutral. And it may be easy to say that once Deshaun Jackson returns, was it week 12, that they're going to take off like a rocket. But I don't think that's the case. Deshaun Watson wouldn't have been on the field when they false started on the field goal. Uh, Whether or not you agree with the call, it wouldn't have been on Deshaun Watson if you know, Amari Cooper, another uh, another one of the receivers has an offensive pass interference, right? I mean, these are the types of games that you've got to win if you want to turn your program around. I thought the Browns were headed that direction, but this year it's gone backwards and not all on the quarterback. It's impossible to, to narrow it down to one guy, uh, but definitely some rumblings coming out of Cleveland about Kevin Stefanski too. So that was one of your big... AFC division rivalries on Sunday. Colts and Titans, another one. And in this one, after starting out 0-2, the Titans have now come back with four consecutive wins, and they're doing it the good old-fashioned hard-nosed smash-mouth way. Empty backfield on second and 13. Ryan gets rid of it quickly. It's
3: intercepted! 30, 40, 50, Adams 40, 30, 20, 10. end zone touchdown Titans Andrew Adams to the house Yo, what a great play (laughs) they they lined up maximum blitz on it what a perfect break that's as good a break as you can make wow I love that So does everybody else in this stadium.
2: Uh, Mike Keith and company there on Titans Radio. And yes, Andrew Adams, a 76-yard pick six, the very first interception for a touchdown in his career. And Matt Ryan, once again, feast or famine, got a turnover problem. He has two picks in the first half, and Tennessee uses those for points. So it's defense, and it's Derrick Henry. I mean, the formula may not be pretty, it may not be glamorous, it may not be the Cincinnati Bengals or the Buffalo Bills, although they can play that way too, it may not be the Kansas City Chiefs, but it works for the Titans. We've seen this formula now for several years, and so they get 30 carries from Derrick Henry, he goes 128 yards, Randy Bullock has a career, or ties a career high with his four field goals, and... This is what the Titans have done now to move to the top of the AFC South with four straight wins.
6: Top to bottom, you know, I think it becomes somewhat infectious. Um, you know, when guys are peeling themselves off the turf, getting getting checked out, getting getting taped up, doing whatever they have to do to be out there. We're a tough team. You know, we're a tough team. We're going to keep battling and uh, we find a way to win. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to accomplish each and every week is is going out and, and finding a way to win. And our team's going to battle and find a way to do that.
2: First, Mike Vrabel, then Ryan Tannehill. And that's the case with them. They are tough. They're hard nose. It's smash mouth. Again, you're not going to get a lot of style points, but I would take Derek Henry on my team. <laughs> it's after hours here on CBS sports radio. And yes, the Titans were the top seed in the AFC a year ago, and they are now back on top of the South the only team that's above five hundred in that division. Weirdly enough, the Colts have played a ton of South opponents already to start. They don't have another South opponent until December, I think, is what uh, I was reading. So it's kind of odd how the schedule makers stacked them up, but they might be able to get some wins outside of the division moving forward. We also had a divisional game in the NFC South, and I don't know, were you as shocked as I was when the Carolina Panthers not only... Raced out to a lead. And by raced, I mean they were up seven to nothing at halftime. But the fact that yet again, the Buccaneers cannot find the end zone, there were opportunities, a lot of drops by Mike Evans, by Chris Godwin. These are veteran receivers of Tom Brady. Ultimately, though, they lose 21 to three. They can't generate any consistent offense, and it's that come to Jesus stretch of the season for the Bucks. You
6: have to work hard. I have to have discipline, commitment, mental and physical toughness. These are all character traits, and we have a lot of great guys in the locker room. So we're going to go in tomorrow morning. We've got a short week. We've got to work hard to try to fix it. We're just I uh, know we talked uh, about execution the other day, and it still comes up. You know, I think we just all have to do our job better. So there's no easy way about it. It's. You know, they're trying to keep us from doing our job. We're trying to do it, and uh, they're doing a better job than we are. It's anytime you score three points, that pretty much sums it up.
4: It's a dark day for us losing the way we did and the mistakes that we had that we shouldn't have had. And, you know, you can't do nothing but pick your shirt up by the tail. We own it. We have to own it to a man. We have to stand up here and own it and make no excuses, and we just got to start digging.
2: It's a dark day, according to Todd Bowles. This is definitely the shocker of the weekend, unless we get something different with Bears and Patriots on Monday night. Not a team, not a single team in the NFC South is above 500. But here's an even crazier piece of info. Only five teams in the entire conference are above 500. (laughs) The NFC is brutal. All right, we're back tonight following Monday Night Football. Have a great day. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
7: Boom!